I'm going to take the next 15 minutes, which is all we've got left, and I'm going to preach the shortest sermon you've ever heard me preach. What I'm going to do is I'm going to continue this uh, little mini-series that uh, we've been having, and, and, and I've started to teach us about how life is about sowing and reaping, and that what we sow, we will reap. And the way it works is that we sow information or thinking or knowledge about life and God and relationships and the Word of God and, and about heaven and hell. And, and when we sow knowledge, we reap faith. We believe it. And when we reap faith, what happens is we then start to feel a certain way because of what we believe. And because of what we feel, we then begin to act or live a certain way. And our acting and living is what comes before the Lord one day. And we will receive reward for everything that we've done, whether good or bad. And so our knowledge and our believing and our feeling and our acting becomes something that has eternal consequences for us. And I want to underline in the little time that we have, and it's fine, we've got another few years together to finish the mini-series. It's like Downton Abbey, you know, it never ends. I want to underline for us that there is a direct uh, causal link between what you feel and what you believe. And then what, between what you feel and what you do. And so we'll take the next few minutes to do that. And I want to start off by telling you a story. It's not true. It's just a story of a man who was working in his office one day on the second floor of the building that he worked in. It was one of those buildings, you know these fancy uh, glass offices? Do you know them? I remember the Lord speaking to me when I had my business and uh, it had grown to a certain level that we moved and, and we moved onto this big floor and we subdivided um, this open area place with glass offices and I had the corner office next to the boardroom and I was so proud of it there were two red leather chairs in it if you come to my house you'll see those two chairs they're, ju they're just for a reminder that's why I never sit in them I used to be the boss now he's the boss but I remember, you know, I had this beautiful walnut desk and this, it, actually the chair was called a boss chair. Black leather, recline, you know. And I remember thinking, and, and there was this beautiful red kind of Persian carpet thing as you walked into my office. It was there like a rug, you know, and it was like, you know. And I remember thinking, yeah. And the Lord said, do you like your glass cage? <laughs> I've got one for my puppy. It's just made out of wire. So there was a man, and he was uh, in his glass cage working. And all of a sudden, he jumped up, looked down the corridor with a 
scared look on his face. And he turned around and he ran and jumped out of the window of the second story. And he landed on one of the cars outside, two floors down. And he was injured and hurt and glass everywhere. And everyone was like, what's he doing? And so everyone ran downstairs and, you know, and they called him. They're like, are you okay? He says, yeah, I'm okay. And everyone thought he must have gone crazy. He must be mad to jump out of a second story window. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. And so they asked him, man, why did you jump out the window? And he said, because I saw an eight-foot tarantula standing in the passage. And it had fangs dripping and big hairy legs. And it was coming for me. Now let me ask you. If you saw an eight-foot tarantula coming towards you, what would you do? I would do exactly what he did. He wasn't irrational. He wasn't crazy. He was perfectly rational. He did the right thing. On a more serious note, do you remember the people from the World Trade Centers? The fire coming, and they jumped out the window. They were perfectly rational, because one was better than the other. And so, the question was, there was no problem now with his actions. His actions were correct. His feelings of fear were correct. The problem was his vision. The problem was what he thought he knew and had seen and believed. Does that make sense? And the point here is that our view of reality will determine whether we stay in the corridor or jump out the window. That's why the Bible says... Brothers and sisters, don't act the way the world does. Instead, be transformed by renewing the way that you think, the way that you see. Because the consequences of what you see, of what you believe, will be felt in your actions and will be lived out in your life. And then you will either stay in the corridor or jump out the window. Have you ever met people, and, and you wonder how they do what they do. Like, for example, um, I know this couple, Lance and Sue, Macintosh. And they were living here in Sunningdale, having a perfectly comfortable life, having a wonderful ministry with the youth. And then they upped, sold everything, packed it in a little car and drove to Malawi into the sticks and moved there. Now, I'm like, ah, I mean, I can go with Declan to Hrabo for the weekend. But to go with Lance to Malawi 
for the rest of my life. Oh, that's a bit, I mean, you know, I want to follow you, Jesus, but that's a bit steep. How do they do it? And the answer is, as we end, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter or finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he's therefore now seated in the highest place with a name that is above every name. That's why we dance and we shout and we stage dive and we lift our hands and we lift our voices to worship him, the name above every name. Why? Because he saw something coming and he went for it. It's like the man who found a field with a treasure and in his joy he went and he sold everything so that he could buy that field and gain that treasure. So the problem with us, with me, with our Christian lives, maybe Lance and Sue are living at a, at a nine out of 10. You never know, it's an internal thing as well. Just one, one, you know, going to live somewhere doesn't mean in itself But you know, I, I was thinking about Uncle Will and I was thinking about joy. Lives lived for the glory of God. Sacrifice made regularly. Lives touched love. And I was thinking, how do I motivate myself to do that? Because I want a life like that. How do I motivate it? And the question is, what do I keep set before me? It says, fixing my eyes on Jesus. Fixing. It's, it's not something we're going to drift into. It's not something that we'll just, you know, if you want to look like Declan, you have to fix yourself in the gym. It's not just going to happen. You know, you don't just get biceps like Kricher. Just summer. You have to do something. And the answer is, you don't just get faith like Uncle Will, or like Auntie Joy, or like Lance and Sue. You don't just get it. You have to sow something so that you see something, so that you feel something. Then the doing comes all on its own. Does that make sense? If I want apples... I don't go outside and wish for apples or walk around my garden praying, Lord, give me apples, let apples appear. If I want apples, okay, to be honest, I go to Woolworths or pick and bake. But, but, but if I want regular apples growing in my garden, on my table, in my fruit salad, I get apple seeds and I dig a hole and I put them in the garden and then I water them and I look after them and I spend time and I get, uh, what do you call it? Manure. What? Fertilizer. Yeah. 
and I, and, I, and I look after it and I feed it and then the little shoot comes up and, and, then, I, and then I trim it and I care for it and, I, and, I, and eventually season after season of the sowing and tending and work, the tree blossoms and the apples come. What are we sowing? And sometimes I get discouraged. I've told you, you know, I get discouraged from the, from the daily sowing. Because I don't see the immediate fruit. But I see the immediate um, benefit of YouTube. Or, you know, you just lie on your bed, you open your phone, Facebook. <sighs> there we go. I know everybody. I know everything that's happening. Isn't it wonderful? No, it's terrible. Because the Bible says what you sow to the flesh you will reap destruction. But what you sow to the Spirit from that, you will reap life. And you know what happens is you don't just somehow one day become an apostle that brings all the world into 412 like Will did. You don't just one day suddenly become a lady that has 15 different groups of ladies all of whom would never come to church or Jesus, but do because of you. It doesn't just happen in a day. You don't just one day find yourself in Malawi ministering to all these people because you drifted into it. You find a life that honors God because you have sowed. Because you've spent day by day learning about God, learning about His character, learning what He likes, what pleases Him. And then seeing that you have hope for a future and a reward coming. And then you start to invest your time and your life into that. And as you do that day by day and week by week and month by month and year by year, you reap the fruit of joy and peace and an eternity of reward. Amen.